You've been trying for half an hour to get your little bundle of joy to be a bundle of sleep, but so far nothing's worked. You tried the binky, you tried the blanky, you even made Mr. Fluffy do the fluffy woofy dance. Alas, your tiny miracle has a very large pair of lungs, but you have an Amazon Echo, so you call for backup. Alexa, call mom. Calling mom. And just like that, grandma to the rescue. Hi, baby. Grandma's here. Alexa, thanks. Anytime. What's up, everybody? <laughs> I think Michael Jackson did it better. I'm pretty sure that Michael Jackson did this song better. What's up, everybody? This is Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude. It's good to see everybody. Um, man, it's dark right here. So, as you guys know, I've moved, uh, this is, I think I said this is the show already, Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude, yeah, I, I said that, the intro. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm still getting kind of used to the new surroundings of where I'm at, and I need lights. I need lights here, because I look like I'm in the freaking shadows. Anyway, um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Mary Sterling. Thank you for the giraffe picture. I love giraffes, if you've not figured this out yet. So she sent me that, and I really appreciate it. Because I love freaking giraffes. Um, we have a good show today. I just want to give a shout out really quick. Everyone listening on iHeartRadio, on Spreaker, on Spotify, on Google Play, on iTunes, uh, and TuneIn Radio. And of course, welcome uh, to uh, everyone listening and watching on YouTube and Facebook. What's up, everybody? Hi, Bonnie. Good to see you. Jim Weaver, my man. Good to see you. Heather, good to see you. Um, so... What is going on here? Okay. <clears throat> so, as I said, this is Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude brought to you by Anton J. Are you looking to create predictable, sustainable income? Anton J. will make your business better and you get the credit. If you or someone you know has a business who is not meeting its potential and does not have the infrastructure to support its growth, please call 619-394-6725. Anton J. has been described as guardian angels because they fix the past and safeguard the future. On today's episode, the world's mayor interviews Samuel Hunter. Samuel Hunter is an actor, writer, and poet born in Jacksonville, Jayville, Florida. He recently released his debut poetry book titled Weather Through Death on Amazon. Wow. Detailing and expressing the pain and depression he experienced while struggling in L.A. and during his return to Florida. Samuel will be playing a LA has a tendency to make people depressed. <laughs> Samuel will be playing 16-year-old Charles Greenlee in the documentary film The Grove, Groveland. The Groveland 4 airing on WUCF TV June 25th. That is WUCF TV June 25th. The Groveland 4 were four young black men who were wrongly accused of raping a 17-year-old white woman in Lake County, Florida in 1949. The station aims to have the broadcast get picked up by PBS for nationwide distribution. I also want to give a shout-out 
and a special thank you to our friends at FundWise Capital. You may have heard of them. That is, uh, they are affiliated with Mr. Grant Cordone himself. Fundwise, Fundwise Capital has created was created by entrepreneurs tired of seeing other entrepreneurs or new ventures guided to loans that only benefited the lenders. Their mission is to help you secure the best capital in conjunction with providing the necessary education to help you master your future in business growth and success. In an industry famous for little to no transparency, Fundwise Capital is pulling back the curtain to empower entrepreneurs with the best funding options, finance education, qualifying formulas, and access to proven lenders. Our team has already helped secure over $150 million in funding for clients. They are laser-focused on providing the most effective and creative financial solutions to propel new and experienced entrepreneurs to incredible levels of for success. For more information, you can call 619-394-6725. Ladies and gentlemen, with that said, good morning, Aloha, Charles, Bonnie, Jim, Heather. Great to see you guys. Let's bring Mr. Samuel Isaiah Hunter to the show. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Good. Welcome to the show. Finally, you are here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's good to see you, man. So, first things first, Samuel, what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful. how serious it is to not have your health and not taking it for granted. So pretty much you've seen a lot of health. That's awesome, man. I, uh, first of all, I want to give a, a shout out to your father. Your father's a, uh, he's a good man. Andre Hunter, the, the king of, uh, luxury travel and concierge services. He's, uh, he's a really, really good guy, man. Yeah. I love him. So first so okay, first of all, when did you, when did you get into acting and when did, or and, and really acting poetry? You're you're doing it all, but where did that love start for you? Um, I started acting when I was really really young. Um, my mom pretty much put me in it because I was, I guess she saw like I was a talkative person. I loved people and stuff like that. So I started doing commercials around like three, but I stopped around eleven, and then I started getting into sports and everything. And then about three years ago, um, I think it was like my freshman year of college, I started to get back into acting. Everyone was like, why don't you get back into acting? Why don't you get back into acting? So I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to lie anymore. I, I really do want to get back into acting. So I started doing short films, and then I started taking acting classes. And then I went to L.A. It was funny because I heard you say um, L.A. has a tendency to make people depressed. <laughs> it, it can be that. And I, I feel like... That, uh, I went to I went to acting school there for a year, and like that whole uh, time of me being there, I feel like I needed a new way of expressing like how I felt like on the daily, other than acting, because it comes like project to project. And then I just started picking up poetry, and I was like, wow, this is a different way of expressing. For sure. <clears throat> so, t what kind of tell me about your poetry style? Like, I, I don't know if you want to read a piece of it or something, but like everyone has a different idea of what poetry is, and you know. And when I think of poetry, it's often thinking of stuff that they they wrote in the 16 and 1700s, not not yeah. something that would be modern day. Describe modern day poetry to us. Um, really, it's weird because okay, so I feel like, I, I don't know modern day poetry. I guess it's almost like rap form, but at the same time, it's not. It's kind of like it's just like. What, what I do when I, when I focus on a poem is like whenever I'm feeling like a strong emotion, I try to focus on that emotion and I don't even focus on words. I just type, I type them in my phone first. I just type literally the first thing that comes to mind 
So, um, like, like this one, uh, this one is called Digging for the Truth. I was in Miami one time, and I felt like I had, like, this pattern, this cycle of, like, self, uh, what's it called? Like, you know when you, like, self, like, uh, I don't know the word, like, you do it to yourself. Like, you just, like, you make your own mistakes, like, uh, I don't know, like, self-sabotage, that's what it's called. And, and I got mad at myself, and I started writing, so it's called Digging for the Truth. Um... What? No, I'm sorry. no, real quick. I think Carl and Bonnie and Tia are huge fans of poetry, so I think they're going to get a, a kick out of this. So go ahead, man. Okay. Um, self-distraction, self-attraction, self-indulgence, and painless reactions. This my most painful self-action. Whatever the cost, I must output this loss. Why, why, why must I do this again and again? Reliably remorse my soul cannot bend. Load up the response, then press and I'll send. Lord knows my confession must not make amends for the crime that I've done. I cannot be left floating to be this. We'll see the journey left lowly. The tank, this vessel, this heart, and this shovel. All I need to just to dig for the truth. But what have I become? Can you tell me? Because I'll tell you. So that, that was one. That, that, this one was actually in my project. I like the cover. Will you show that again? That's awesome. Weather through death. God, that seems so dark. What was? Yeah, it is really what, dark. But it has a light, like uh, I don't know. It has a, a light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. Like it, it kind of like, shows me breaking through like all the emotions. And forgive the sounds of sirens. I live in uh, downtown San Diego, and I guess someone decided to, well, need an ambulance. God, it's loud. Uh, all of a sudden. All of a sudden now I feel like I'm in L.A. with the nonstop helicopters over my house. Uh, oh, man. West Hollywood is like all day. Like I'm trying to take a nap. It's noon. And there's helicopters and sirens. <laughs> it's, That's exactly what I was saying. A helicopter spot like actually flew over me one time. Oh, my gosh, man. Um, well, first of all, I love that poetry. But so what about L.A. and that experience? Uh you know, really caused it, caused and spiked your depression. I mean, and I get it because LA there's the thing about, I find out that I find beautiful about LA is that it's a reminder of what the ups and downs of life are. You have everything from having to step over homeless people to walk out of your front door, uh, at least in our experience when we were there. Um, but also to the houses on the Hills. Yeah. Hey Charles, I'm not making fun of LA. I love LA. I'm just saying it's a reminder of you have the house on the hill that means you've made it. It's symbolic for the being on top of the world. But then you have the people that live south of Sunset, I mean south of uh, Sunset, and everywhere every street you get down is a little bit more depressing. And the further east you go, there's like I mean, it's just a reminder of the struggle, you know. And so it's a, it's a, in a way it's a beautiful it's beautiful chaos, and then it's also ugly, and it's it's everything, and it gives you all of what life has to offer in one place. And so I can see how it can cause depression. But for you, what was it that triggered that? Um, it was really, the first thing was going there. I felt like I, had, I, was, I was 20 at the time, 22 now. I felt like I had a lot to prove. And I felt like, all right, I'm going to move to L.A. You know, I'm gonna, within a year, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And, you know, I got hit with, like, the reality of life where stuff doesn't happen that quick. Mm -hmm. So that was the first time I faced, like, a real challenge. I was uh, pretty much by myself. Um, it it was that that feeling of like you said like there's like a lot of homeless people and it's just like kind of depressing like you want like you help to the best of your extent like you, you know you give out like a couple dollars here and then you give food but at the same time it's just like 
it sucks to see people like that. And then I think I really just didn't know how to like handle being by myself that much because I was in a small studio apartment in LA far away from family. And like, I was going to acting school. Honestly, if it wasn't for my acting school, I probably would have been even more depressed because like, even though I was out there alone, like they were so like happy, jolly and helpful people that like they were always around me, like I was always around them. And they kind of give you that uplifting spirit. I think more than anything, it was just being alone and, and having that reality check. I had a couple moments where I thought like I was shifting off of my purpose with God. Like maybe I messed up, I missed my turn. Like it was, it was pretty much like that in that area. Like thinking I missed my turn, missed my purpose, and it started going downhill from there. Yeah. It, well, it's funny when you kind of get away from what God. It's not funny actually. Um, it, but when you get away from God's purpose for your life, and how many. Well, dead ends. Like it, it, it can take you down, you know. Yeah. And it's it is a it is a reminder though of how quickly that you should get back on it. But some of us choose to be hard headed, like me, and, yeah. <laughs> and it can take a little bit longer, you know. Um, but yeah, I get that totally. And so, where did the inspiration? I know, like you've gone from this, like so. What was the final straw that made you move back home to Florida? Oh man, I, I actually remember the day. I don't know what it was, but I've never felt anxiety to this point. Where like I really wasn't in control of my mind, and it was like it was scary. It was it was. I don't I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it was like I was like really like trembling all the time. I really wasn't thinking straight. And I we went on a two week break. It was like December to January for like Christmas break. And I told myself when I come back I'll be okay. And I remember I came back from the break and I got there and I looked around, I'm like, it's the same, like nothing's changed, nothing's changed. And I went into class that day and we had acting class and like my acting wasn't good and everything like that. And I I called my mom, we got in an argument and I was arguing with all my friends. And I was like, mom, I I really don't think I can stay here anymore. Cause I got scared to the point where like, I don't really like saying this too much, but I feel like if I was, I'm gonna be honest, if I I was there alone, like I I, I don't, I probably like, I don't think, you know what I mean? I was like starting to have suicidal thoughts and stuff like that. And that, at that point, that's when I didn't feel like it was safe for me to be there by myself. And so, and then that's when you decided to go back home. So yeah. what inspired you to create or get involved in this film? The, uh, and those of you who are just joining us, it's called um, The Groveland Four, mm-hmm. which is a story about four young black men who were wrongly accused of raping a 17-year-old white woman in Lake County, Florida, in 1949. So, wh- where did the inspiration come for you to get involved with this? Well, honestly, I didn't even know about my friend Zach. Shout out to Zach. He sent me the link and was like, "Hey, there's an audition going on uh, for WCF TV. I think you'd be good for it." So I looked at it and I read the story. And I'm like, "Oh my, this is deep." And you know, it's, some of this stuff is still going on today to an extent. So. I sent in my uh, headshot and everything. I got called in for auditions, and I ended up getting it. And then it kind of just went from there. What did you learn from being involved in this film? Like, what was the... It, it, again, when you're acting, you you are taking on... And look, my acting ability consists of uh, two lines in a movie. Well, actually, <laughs> actually, that's not true. I have three. Because um, <laughs> I gave one one set of lines to myself, and then the other time, I had two sentences to say. But that extends it. But I know the process of my short term of getting in character and really taking on the role that I was going to play. 
for someone that's really legitimately an actor like you, there is a true process. There is a science to it and you're getting it really, really involved in this process. So as you put yourself into this character and you're hearing the lines you're, you're, and you're saying the lines and you're feeling the process, what would you say that you learned? Like what was the most profound thing that you learned through the experience? I would have to definitely say that it's, it's kind of simple, but at the same time, it's not. For me, it wasn't. Even though I need to look back on it now, it's more simple than I made. I made it way more complicated. But it's just like how everyone handles each situation differently. Because the, the person that I was portraying, uh, he was 16 years old at the time, and he got thrown into this out of nowhere. And you know, there's all these people, this KKK people, talking about killing him, and you know, he's getting. Uh, like death th uh, threats and stuff like that, but yet, from what everyone was saying, he kept this sense of like positivity and he had this aura of innocence around mm -hmm. him and everything. But every time me as Sam would think about the situation, I'm getting mad. Like I'm like, yo, like what? Like if I'm in this situation, like, I'm ready to fight. You know? What I, mean? <laughs> I, had to, I had to separate. Okay, Sam, this you're staying over here, and him. This is how he looks at this situation, and so that was the hardest part of like staying within that. So that was my struggle pretty much. Wow. Did it have, I mean, obviously it's, it, it the, the world's different now than it was back then, but did it, and I know I'm, I'm sure you've heard stories from your family of what it was like back. I mean, you grew up in, especially that area of Florida that you're in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's, it's a lot like Oklahoma was. And, and, and can still be at times, and Jacksonville can be the same way. Um, but it, it, it did it did it help you understand kind of what your 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 parents and grandparents had went through? A hundred percent, a hundred percent, yes. How did that yes, keep? It, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It was not a go ahead. What you no, no. I, I'd like you to complete the thought, but I'll I'll add to it because it may contribute to what you're going to say. How, how did you keep yourself, like, how did you keep, like, like after you, you, you're going through this, you're going, oh my God, this is, this is, and I, this is what it was like back then. How did you keep that from affecting you and how you showed up for the rest of the world in your, in the present day? Because I know when I read stuff about the past, I'm going, oh God, I mean, this is, this is ugly. And it does, it takes some work to make you go, okay, that was then, we've learned from this, and we're moving on. But how did you keep that from affecting you and not taking that on personally? That is, that, that is real, because, like, to prepare, I was kind of, just to really understand, like, I was watching, like, you know, the Trayvon Martin movie saying, I was watching, like, Alton Stern, like, just, you know, just trying to really understand and read the books, and then... Like my perception of the world started shifting. I started walking out in the world, like looking left and right, like this dude could really come to me at any second. But then I had to realize that, like, I have to let go of that because not every single person on this earth is racist. Not every single person on this earth wants to hurt you and stuff like that. It's those particular situations. And then also, I think that other thing that helped me was the fact that he was so innocent and the fact, like, he didn't care. Like, even the KKK people stuff, like, a trying to love them and so that I feel like I took on a little bit of his innocence and I feel like that helped my personal heart at the time because I was going through what I was going through depression and stuff and I was kind of in the midst of that and I would read a lot of Bible verses Bible verses I never even thought to read before trying to prepare and it's just like it really opened my heart a lot wow that is 
Yeah, that 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 I like that, man. I like that. And I'm sure having a, a father like yours, you know, to be able to talk to you and and have him, you know, to go to him for wisdom has to help a little bit, right? Uh-oh. What happened? Your sound went off. Are you there? We lost him. Well, I guess I offended him. No, I didn't. I'm just kidding. I think he just lost the feed. Well, that happens. What are you going to do? Thanks, be live. So, Charles, my man. Bonnie. How you guys doing? What's up, Tia? Oh, he's back. All right, let's bring him back on. <laughs> Gotta love technology. I, I'm sorry about that. My phone is messing up. It's all good, dude. Um, anyway, so you've got this film. You're, you're hoping for a national release, which would be really great. Um, I think it's a, an important story to tell. Um, but tell us a little bit, like, what are your goals? Like, what are you looking to create in this world? Well, one of the main things I want to do is I want to keep doing films that, like, have the power to impact people. And, like, like, like kind of like, have you ever watched Fruitvale Station with, like, Michael B. Jordan? I don't watch TV. <laughs> I, I'll, go to, I'll go down the street to watch a game, but I, I really don't watch TV at, at all. Um, so, no, I don't know. I don't see it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much the same way. Like, unless I go online, like, I, I binge watch a show later. But Truefield Station, it was like, it's like this movie about um, this, like, black guy who ended up getting shot by the police, same thing. I don't want to keep doing those type of things. But I just want to do stories that kind of, like, I don't know that people can really relate with. Even if it's not, like, a, a center around, like, a black injustice or something like that. Just any type of powerful story. It doesn't have to be anything specific. I really want to just keep doing films like that. Um... And I really want to, I don't know, I really want to use, like, right now I'm trying to use this time to work on, like, my people skills, my heart, and, you know, helping people and stuff like that. So when I do get that platform, you know, it's like a raised position of what I'm already doing. I, 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 I found that in the sermon one time, so that, like, when I get there, like, I'm able to, like, make an impact in the world. Like, the Will Smiths, like, uh, like the Oprah's, like, I want to do something like that. For sure. So you you mentioned Bible verses before that kind of helped you get through, or Bible verses that you sought out to help you get through that time of you know just that that place that you were in. What Bible verses were they? Or just give us give us one if you have one off the top of your head. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact Bible verse. I remember what I searched was like any Bible verses that had to do with the heart. Mm. So it was like, you know, and there's the one, you know, for this Proverbs 3, 5, like, trust in the Lord with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding. But I'm trying to remember the exact, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I can't remember the exact, I haven't looked at them in a while, but there were like, there's like this website called Bible Hub where you just type in like whatever subject and like all the Bible verses come up. So I would read them out, I printed them out, I, I put them on papers and like afterwards I kind of got rid of everything just so I could kind of like let go of all the experiences but like in the midst of it i was definitely reading those every day oh this is cool i just pulled up the website all right i'm gonna check this out um well awesome man so i i love that um let me ask you this what do you um like what do you do to prepare your mind every day for what you're trying to take on like what do you have a morning routine or what do you do what do you do to build up your armor every day um i'm not gonna lie i don't have like a complete morning routine but i've been trying to get into my friend has put me onto meditating more and i've done that probably like once or twice a week and it really helps me i have a tendency to like think like all over the place so it helps me like come to the present moment like sometimes like even now i'm trying to like 
watch my breathing and stuff like that. So I'm trying to get into that more. But other than that, I don't have like a solid thing yet. I, I think a morning routine is probably the most essential thing to my survival in keeping me from... It, it, it is every day. Every day, it's it's the most important thing I do because it sets the tone for everything else that I want to create, and it reminds me of that. Sometimes that noise in the back of my head is just noise. I don't have to listen to it, you know. So, I incur. I, 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 if you're willing to take some advice or wisdom oh, from yeah. an old man, start a more start a daily morning routine, and and it'll transform your life for sure. Okay. Um, well, man, Samuel, I really appreciate you for coming on, man. I appreciate you allowing me to change the time. I had an emergency business meeting, um, which was actually a good business meeting, but I, I needed to push this back. But I, I'm very grateful for your time. And, you know, do you have any last words that you'd like to share with the audience? Uh, first, thank you for having me on here. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, man. Um, I think if anybody is like ever going through any type of depression, anxiety, like you feel like it's like the end of the world, trust me, I've been to that exact point. I'm not gonna lie. But if there is there is hope and you know, search for that one person who understands you and is willing to listen to you and cling on to them and you know you're you're gonna get through it and try to pray every day and everything's gonna be okay. Amen to that, brother. Well listen, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Have a good day. All right, God bless, man. Thanks. All right, guys, that's it. Short show today. Um, but thank you guys for all your support. Bonnie, Heather, uh, Charles, Mary, uh, Carl, all of you guys, thank you so much for joining. It's really good to see you. Listen, uh, make it an awesome day today. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks. God bless. Advancements in technology, shifting markets, and the gig economy are changing the nature of work. With this in mind, Harvard Business School Executive Education is launching a new program on managing the future of work. Based on the latest research into the forces reshaping workforce demographics, this program is designed to help employers remain competitive by thinking strategically about today's evolving business landscape. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me future. That's hbs.me future.